0: This sermon was preached on October 4th, 2020 at Sure Foundation Lutheran Church located in Brandon, South Dakota on the basis of Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. Have you received a pay raise before? If you've worked long enough and you've you worked hard, I sure hope that you have. <laughs> How did it happen to work for your company? I'm sure a lot of you have worked for a lot of different companies, a lot of a lot of different jobs and maybe they handled their raises differently. Sometimes companies have scheduled raises where after you're hired, they'll tell you that in six months or so you'll receive a a scheduled raise. Sometimes it's after each year that you complete at that company that you receive a raise or some other threshold that you cross. Maybe your company was more merit-based, which means You had to work hard enough for long enough to get noticed by your boss, and then your boss would pull you into their office, and they would give you a raise. Or maybe you had to meet a certain quota before you were given a raise. Have any of you had to ask for a raise before? (laughs) It can be a very nerve-wracking and uncomfortable thing, can't it? Because if you've asked for one before, you've probably thought about it and stewed over it for a long time. Maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe even months. You thought about all the reasons why you deserve a raise. In a sense, you had to give yourself this pump-up speech so that you could walk into your boss's office and actually pull the trigger on asking him or her for a, a raise you probably thought through every scenario in your head, too. (laughs) You probably thought about what your boss might say and what questions they might ask because you wanted to be prepared for any and every situation. So if your boss asks about the quality of your work, you'll tell them about all the skills that you've gained in your time working there and how you've become such a valuable asset to the company. If he asks about your dedication to the company, he'll talk about all the extra hours that you put in on the job and how you've gone above and beyond what they've asked you to do. After all, you believe in your heart that you deserve a raise for all the things that you've done. You believe that you have brought value to this company. Pretty early in our working lives, we come to understand something about working and money. The money that you receive from your job, the paycheck that you get, is not only a means to provide for your family and for yourself. That's obviously one of the main reasons that we work, is to provide for ourselves and our family. But you also come to realize that the paycheck you receive is an acknowledgement of the value that you bring to a company. If you are a valuable asset to the company, if you work hard at your job, then you would hope that that value and that work ethic would show up and be reflected in your paycheck. Work merits pay, and pay is equal to the value of work. It's a pretty simple system, and it's a system that the entire world lives by, and it has for a long time, except for God, that is. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the kingdom of heaven. And he tells them a parable to describe to them how the kingdom of heaven is different than our earth. (laughs) How the kingdom of heaven operates differently than our earth operates. Listen to the words from Matthew chapter 20. Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. "'These who were hired last worked only one hour,' they said, "'and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day.' But he answered one of them, "'I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius?' Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is God's word. Now you've probably heard me say this several times already. And you're going to hear me say it quite a bit from here. But context is important. This parable takes place in the broader story of the book of Matthew. And the book of Matthew takes place in the broader story of the Bible. So it's important to keep the context of this section in mind. And for this specific section, it's important to remember what came right before this. Right before this, Jesus is approached by a rich man and he's asked a question by this rich man. The rich man asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Basically, he's saying, what do I got to do to go to heaven? Now, Jesus, who is true man, but also true God, can see this man's heart. And he can see that this man's heart is so hopelessly tied to his money. And so Jesus' response to this man reflects what's in this man's heart. Jesus says, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell And he became very sad because he was a rich man and he was unwilling to give up his riches to come and follow Jesus. And so he walked away sad. Now sitting there watching this entire scene were the disciples. The disciples witnessed a lot from Jesus and they were taking in this scene as well. And they begin to wonder to themselves and talk to one another about this. You see, they had given up quite a bit to follow Jesus. They did the opposite of this rich man. They gave up what was in their past to come and follow Jesus. And so now they were wondering what they received for the faithfulness that they showed to Jesus. Now, most of the disciples were probably just thinking this or saying it to themselves. But Peter had the audacity to say it out loud to Jesus. He says, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? You see, even the disciples, 2,000 years ago, understood how the world works work deserves pay. Pay is equal to the value of the work. The disciples had worked hard for Jesus, they had spent long hours doing ministry with Jesus and for Jesus. And on top of that, they had given up their lives to follow him. (laughs) Yet, Jesus had some things to teach the disciples about the kingdom of heaven. And he has some things to teach us as well. So he tells them about this vineyard owner. This vineyard owner needed workers for the day. And so he goes to the marketplace where all business took place. Things were bought. Things were sold. People waited to be hired for work as day laborers. And so the Jewish day started at 6 a.m. And so sometime either at 6 a.m. or after 6 a.m., the vineyard owner goes to the marketplace and finds some people standing around. And he asks them to come work for him after he probably describes the the work and they agree on pay a denarius for the day which was a really fair wage that was a day's wage for a person at that time after they agreed on all that these workers went to his vineyard and began to work well the vineyard owner needed more workers and he kept going back to the marketplace he went back at nine in the morning at noon, and at 3, and he found more people standing around who wanted work. And so he brought them to work in his vineyard. Now, the owner goes out even at 5 p.m. Now, the Jewish day ended at 6 p.m., and so this is the last hour of the day, yet he still finds people standing around, and he invites them to come and work in his vineyard. And they do. And so when the day is about done, and the, the men come in to get paid, the, the owner instructs his foreman. How to distribute the pay. And so he says, start with the people who were hired last and give them their pay first and then move on to the people who were hired first. And so he begins with the people who were hired at 5 p.m. who worked for an hour. And these people were given a denarius. Now everybody else who is standing there watching, especially those who were hired early in the day, waited eagerly and in, in anticipation because if he gave a denarius to, to these men for only working one hour, how much more is he going to give to us? This guy must be a generous guy. After all, we, we worked through the heat of the day. We worked a lot longer than these people who were hired at 5 p.m. worked. And so they expected to receive a little bit more. Now I would imagine at this point in the parable after hearing it read in the reading, after hearing most of it recounted back to you that you maybe have started to put the pieces together on what Jesus is talking about in this parable. So now I, I kind of want to make this a little bit more practical and personal for you. So I, I want you to imagine that, that you are standing before your foreman on Judgment Day. You're standing before Jesus and you are very excited Because this is a day that you've long waited for, to be hugged by Jesus and welcomed into heaven through faith in him. But as you're standing there, you look over across the way and and you recognize someone. And it happens to be somebody that went to your high school. Now you happen to know a little bit about this person that went to your high school. They had kind of made a mess of their life. They had gotten into drugs and and alcohol, theft and violence. and, And you kind of name it, this person got into it. They had wasted most of their life on worthless things. And yet as you look over, you see Jesus approach this person, give them a hug, and welcome them into heaven. And this strikes you a bit strange. It strikes you strange because this guy is receiving the same reward that you are. You who who go to church regularly, you who help the poor, you who have been a good neighbor, you who give service to the community in the church, you who give money to the church. You have done all of these things in your life and you've been faithful for most of your life. And yet you are receiving the same eternal reward that this person is? Now perhaps that that example is a bit obvious. I, I doubt when you're standing at heaven's gates in front of Jesus that you're going to be uh, grumbling over somebody who's standing next to you that that will not be the case. You'll be elated because you'll be going to heaven to be with him. But in this life, in this life, this scenario <laughs> makes sense, doesn't it? That we remained faithful to God. And, and it's not that we're mad that God is letting this other person into heaven. It's that we want some reward for the faithfulness that we have shown Jesus. We want to have something a little bit more than the people who haven't been quite as faithful as us. Now, this is kind of just what the workers wanted too, wasn't it? They weren't necessarily mad that the owner paid uh, the men who worked only an hour a denarius. They were fine with that. The only thing that bothered them was that they didn't receive quite as much And they had worked for longer. They received the same pay and they worked for longer and through the heat of the day, what the owner had done for them was unfair. After all, work merits pay and pay is equal to the value of the work. They weren't asking for a hundred denarii. They were just asking for more than the people who had worked for an hour. But the owner says, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? He said before, I want to pay them the same as I paid you. And then he says, or are you envious because I am generous? Is my generosity a problem for you? The workers who only worked one hour didn't deserve a denarius, but the owner was generous. And so he gave them a denarius for an hour's work anyways. Now it's important at this point to remember the whole reason why Jesus is telling this parable in the first place. He's trying to describe to the disciples and to you how the kingdom of heaven works. And so here it is. In the kingdom of heaven, those who are saved in the last moments of their lives, after living lives of sin and debauchery, after wasting their lives, they don't deserve God's grace and salvation. But God is a generous God who through the sacrifice of Jesus gives them grace anyways. Here's another point. In the kingdom of heaven, Those who are saved just moments after their birth, being baptized sometimes just hours or minutes after they were born, also don't deserve God's grace and salvation. But because God is a generous God through the sacrifice of Jesus, he gives them grace and mercy anyways. Now this goes against everything that we have learned in our lives. We have learned from experience and from people who have taught us Work merits pay, and the pay should be equal to the value of the work. But the kingdom of heaven doesn't operate like our world operates. Now for us this morning, for our edification and for our growth in Christian living and in the gospel, it'd be good for us to consider how the kingdom of heaven would look if it operated like this world. There's a well-known passage in the Bible that actually talks about wages, but it's not really that good a news for us. It's a passage from the Apostle Paul in Romans. He says, The wages of sin is death. And so what he's saying is, If the kingdom of heaven operated like our world operates, where work merits pay and pay is equal to the value of the work, then we would not be so pleased with the outcome. Because what our work has merited us is a big old paycheck of death. You see, sin is a serious thing to God, and sin merits death, no matter how big or small we believe the sin to be. And like the first workers, we can go on and grumble all we want against God, but our our church attendance, our neighborly demeanor, our service to the poor, and our offerings will not and cannot earn us heaven And in no way can wipe away sin. But that's a good thing. (laughs) You know, if heaven were based on those things, if heaven were based on our marriage, our work, we'd, we'd constantly be wondering if the payment we offered God was enough. We'd be in a constant state of uncertainty. But friends, there is only one work that merits the paycheck of heaven. That is Jesus' perfect life here on earth and his innocent death on the cross. The innocent blood that he spilled for us on the cross was the only payment that God would accept for your sins and for mine. Therefore, Jesus made the payment in full. All the work that he did, he did in love, and his work and the rewards of his work have been given to us. That well-known passage from the Apostle Paul has a second part. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You heard it, merited by Jesus, gifted to us. And here's what that does for the life of the Christian. It doesn't make you disgruntled over not receiving the compensation you think that you deserve, but it allows you to rest in the forgiveness that is undeserved. It allows you to rest in grace which is God's undeserved love for us. To rest in grace means that you never have to ask the fearful questions, have I done enough or am I good enough? But the answer is, Jesus did enough for you and Jesus was good enough for you. He was perfect and he earned your spot in heaven. And here's what else it does for you in your Christian life. It allows you with a genuine heart to give thanks for God's saving grace in other people's lives. When you see a new baby be baptized in in church, you can smile with the biggest smile in the world and know that God grabbed another one today. That through his grace, he has saved this young little baby from death. In the same way, when you see a loved one or a friend or anybody else who, who just a couple days before their death comes to faith, it can bring a big smile to your face knowing that God grabbed another one. That through the sacrifice of Jesus, this person has been brought into eternal glory with Jesus, where Jesus will hug them and welcome them into heaven. Praise God. You've heard it several times now. Work merits pay, and the pay is equal to the value of the work. Our, continue is, our, our world is going to continue to operate like that. But in the kingdom of heaven, God reorients you to grace where Christ's work merits heaven. And for you, that pay is worth more than you could ever ask for. Amen.